So, Berto, have you seen the new episodes of Black Mirror? I have watched a few so far. I haven't finished the season. Season four. Season four. Yeah, I I I've, I binged the whole season. I I wanted to sort of stretch it out a little bit because I <laughs> each episode is like a little movie, yeah. you know. And I and I was like, oh, there's only six episodes, and I gotta make it last. But I just blew you through. Just them. blew through. Yeah. I think I've seen four episodes. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. So uh, we're gonna spoil Black Mirror. The, we're gonna talk about at least the first two episodes. Uh, and it is a an experience you if it's spoiled it'll ruin the experience. Yeah, you so, definitely don't want to. Uh... So all you got to do it's on Netflix. Go to Netflix, watch the first two episodes of Black Mirror. Each one is about an hour ish, maybe a little more. And it's a great show. Watch it. Come back. Come back. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So let's let's get into it. This is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Doctor Kirkonda. I'm a therapist and a professor. My name is Humberto Castaneda. I like to spoil movies. Uh, the first episode, USS Callister, directed by Toby Haynes, who is a British television director. He was worked on Doctor Who and Sherlock. Written by Charlie Brooker, who is the creator of the show, and also written by William Bridges. The cast is Jesse Plemons. He plays Robert Daly. Do you know this guy? I He looks so familiar. I mean, he looked a little bit like uh, uh, Matt Damon's rougher around the edges brother right so he's been in fargo actually okay. the tv show and he it has been in black mass the one with uh the one about whitey bulger okay uh he's a great actor he and he's been a lot of other things jesse plemons i think he was in friday night lights the tv show um kristen milioti as as nanette cole isn't she in uh how i met your mother isn't she the yeah. mother yeah, she, I don't know who she is, but she's in that TV okay. show. Yeah. She's also um, in Fargo. So she's the mother. She's the How I Met she's Your... She's the mother. She's the How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, she's the mother. Uh, well, actually, sorry, because there's a twist, so spoiler alert. But anyways, um, she is in How I Met Your Mother. Jimmy Simpson plays James Walton. He is one of the McFoyle or McPoyle brothers, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Right. And he's also in Westworld yeah. and other things. Uh, Billy Magnuson uh, plays the the sort of douchebag guy, and, and he's an Inger Goes West. And Aaron Paul, the guy from Breaking Bad, the the sidekick in Breaking Bad, uh-huh. he, he's the gamer 691 at the end. That That is right. just voice. Anyway. Oh, wait, that's his voice? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, so the plot, just going over the plot, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Berto, but so Daly, he's a programmer and is sort of treated badly by people at work, kind of. And he's not just a programmer. He's a founder of apparently a very successful video game company. He's a brilliant... uh, Co-founder. Yeah. CTO. He's the head chief technology officer. Yeah. And he is... Sort of treated badly, but he also sort of self-imposes it because he's real awkward. With he's people. portrayed as an awkward, socially awkward, nerdy, you know, programmer whose partner seems to have taken advantage of him to some extent. Certainly, seems to take all the credit. Right. Doesn't treat him nicely, and we get this sense immediately where he's like, you know, he wants to be one of the normal people, but he doesn't really know how to go about it. Right, and I, actually, as we're talking about it. Because a lot of the talk of this episode is like, oh, it's like, you know, nerd bashing and it's like... Oh, has there been? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Or like, oh, you know, it's attacking beta males, you know, because... 
Well, okay. There's a lot of talk on the internet. A lot of people who watch Black Mirror, a lot of people who watch Star Trek are very into the whole notion around alpha and beta. You yeah. Know? Well, you know, I, I, I was big just to uh, foreshadow and spoil the shit out of everything. But um, basically, this is a big commentary. I don't know when they wrote this episode, but it is a big commentary on the big Me Too stuff. On, on the on the sexual harassment and everything, yeah, because it's essentially someone in power, and we find out that he's he's abusing that power with some some creatures. Interesting, <laughs> yeah, right. So so daily he steals people's DNA from cups and stuff at work, and he makes a copy of them on his computer at home, yeah, and in a virtual world, and he he he's basically creating an early version of a game that he will release at a later time. Oh, actually, no, no. The game is already out, oh. but he's got a private version of that game. Oh. The thing that's coming out is a patch, an update, a big update to the game. Oh. And he's got a private version of the game where he can do his own stuff. It's like a sandbox server. Interesting. Yeah. He lives like cap in the so he can enter the game too yes. through basically like a VR brain chip thing. Yeah, they put these little like a little circular thing on his temple and it seems to white out his eyes and right which we'll get into yeah. <laughs> um, and he enters the game and he's like Captain Kirk on Star Trek he, yeah. they they have a different show that they are saying t- calling it but it, it is Star Trek the original Star Trek and he even sort of sounds like Captain Kirk kind of looks like him um, and it, when he's on in this virtual world he's super mean to everyone and he's just, right. he he basically makes them into slaves I should say when the episode opens, it's great because it it seems like you're watching a Star Trek, a '60s Star Trek episode. Right? Like I had no idea where they're set. I'm just where like, are they going with? I'm this? like I'm like so we're just it's going to be an entire Star Trek episode or something. I just thought what is happening. And at first, it's not evident what the problem is because you know that he doesn't act that like when when the show opens, he's acting like Captain Kirk. So he's not being overly mean or anything. Right. And they're tackling some sort of they're going up against some ship that's in there trying to fire on them and all these things. And so it really feels like an episode of Totally. Yeah. <laughs> down to the filter they're using. Totally. Yeah. Um then he brings a new woman that he meets at work into the game by getting her DNA. She figures out a way to escape his torture by essentially uh uh, driving the ship into a wormhole that is supposed to delete them. They're trying to essentially commit suicide, yeah. or not commit, but they're trying to suicide themselves because they don't. They would rather die than be tortured by him anymore. And, and they don't necessarily have to be tortured as long as they follow his every command, submit to him kissing and grabbing them whenever he wants, and bow down to him on a constant basis. Right. And live the uh, experience of of being in a very limited space. You're yes. basically in a prison, right? And this is why I'm saying that it was such a commentary on the on the sexual, sexual harassment because it's it. You know, you he he. You could see him saying, "Hey, you have a choice. If you want, I could just torture you, or I could banish you to some planet." Yeah. So they felt they didn't have a choice but to sit there and do whatever he wanted of them. Yeah. There's a space battle, and they actually do escape, and they're thinking they're going to die, but instead they actually enter into the outside world game. Yeah, and uh, it's a space game. Right. And daily, the programmer CTO guy is trapped in his version of the game, 
and it's assumed that he dies because because he can't yeah. eat or drink because he's hooked up to that. Game. I mean, if he doesn't die, it's because someone like his co maybe his co-founder partner checked on him, and maybe maybe he can be taken to the hospital or something. Right. Um. So, uh, how many out of ten stars would you give this episode, bro? Um. That's interesting because are we going by like movie ratings or by? TV show ratings. TV show ratings. Yeah, okay. I, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I would give it a nine. I gave it a seven. Okay. I, I thought it was definitely a good episode, but it's not my favorite uh, episode of Black Mirror. Oh, wait. I got to be careful because like the Christmas one is my favorite, and I don't think I could give it a 10, so that would be a nine. So maybe this is an eight for me. Yeah. So... Um, now, but people love this episode. They're, the press is talking about, reviewers are saying it's the best episode of season four, you know? I don't agree with that, but I do believe it's great. So yeah. I'd say, yeah, I'd, I'd give it an eight. Yeah. So let's talk about the good things first. Um, they totally nailed, as you were saying, the feel and the look of old, <laughs> yeah. old Star Trek. I mean, the everything, it just, it, the sounds, the look, uh, daily... Um, uh, Jesse Plemons nails a Captain Kirk yep. uh, impersonation, but it's not over the top. No. You know, I was like, oh, he's kind of acting like Captain Kirk. And then I was like, wait a second. He is Captain Kirk. Yeah. Like the way he, like there's a parody way to act like William no, Shatner. I'm going yeah. to say things like this. And then there's a way that you can act like him and it's actually like him. You know what I mean? It's actually. Um, another way to think about it is imagine that they had to recast someone to be the captain of the Enterprise. And you obviously, when you're recasting a show, you can't have them do an impression. It's got to be a believable new person. Right. And that's what he was doing, which yeah. is great. Um, and I, at the very end of this episode, I was like, I want to see the rest of this <laughs> this story. Right. Because yeah. now they're in the virtual world. That's and right. And they are, if they get blown up, they presumably they die. Who but knows? we don't know. We, we don't, don't know. know. But at the very least, it is now almost as if they were really in space, the final frontier. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. I just thought, I said, I want to watch that show. Um, I like how they show future tech in Black Mirror in general as not being that different from today. Right. You know, in, in the past, whenever they're like, in the future, they'd always have like weird cars and yeah. uh, weird hairdos. And, and, and Black Mirror is so amazing because they're just like, it's basically today with like a couple extra things that you wouldn't recognize. And it, and they don't accumulate the changes from sh from episode to episode, meaning um, they don't try to say, well, because it's n number of years in the future, everything has changed. Right. They usually have it focused on what the thing they're focusing on. Right. Which is accurate because there were movies in the 80s about our time right now, and yeah. they were predicting some wildly different looking environments, That's you right. know, but if you looked at a house, you know, look out my window right now, the houses look exactly the yeah. same as they did probably right. like 70 years ago. That's right. Um, and cars still, you know, essentially look the same, they, you know, four wheels. But, know. It, but it was an interesting, understandable mistake to make because if you look at the pictures, the very early pictures from when photography started, uh, the way that houses and streets and cities looked was completely, fundamentally different from the 50s. Right. So it, it felt like, well, obviously, in 2018, 
everyone's going to be in a hover vehicle yeah. or something. If the difference of 50 years between 1900 and 1950 is so dramatic, yeah. well, then 68 years. Well, because <laughs> everyone thought in terms of transportation and and right. big materials, whereas what really is looking different from 40 years ago is electronics. Exactly. It was a different change. I think if if the focus of all society and industry had kept being on on the infrastructure we might see a lot more changes but it wasn't the focus you know like they built the big highway system yeah they built the planes we basically have planes yeah and we have highways right the planes <laughs> the planes look the same as they did basically in 1950 yeah. or maybe even the 40s right. like the first commercial airlines look pretty much the same as they do now but all the big i mean like 80% of the investment in the last say 50 years started going more and more and more towards the electronics miniaturization right. computers internet which you see in the in these uh, depictions in the past of the future it's always like you know all those other things yeah. hovering cars and like houses in the sky and stuff right. but the the electronics stuff is basically just a shade different. Yeah, it's still a, a big TV with big dials. Yeah, but of course, how could they predict? Right, it's so funny. They what they understood was cars, transportation systems. Right. So so extrapolating those was easier. Right. It's like, well, we have planes, we have cars. What if cars could fly? Okay, that makes sense. Right. But to go from well, I have this TV that for the first time in the human history, I can see images moving with sound. Oh, I could probably carry a thing in my on my watch. That can, in fact, Dick Tracy did it. So, <laughs> well, well, that. But even take it further in terms of like what actually we are doing today with those phones in our in our pocket is like we're tweeting, we're facebooking, yeah. we're um, we're watching. Things from all over the world, you know. Right. Uh, no, you're actually more correct on that front because, as I was saying it, I realized, yeah, Dick Tracy had the the watch, the, the smartwatch. Right. But what they didn't have is all those applications. Right. Uses. We're, we're playing, um, you know, Farmville and Candy Crush, and like that was not. Yeah. It wasn't like if they were truly predicting the future in 1965, they, they would have been like, in 2018, everyone will play video games all day long. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like that, that would have been, no one would have thought that, right? No, no one would have thought, well, you know, games are for kids. And there were no video games in the fifties. Right. In two universities. Right. No <laughs> one's going to, why, why does anyone want to play right. a video game? Yeah. Uh, okay. So um, I also thought there would be a twist at the end. Right. I was watching and I was like, I was like, so I wonder if Cole is actually in a game. Right. And the the business is also part, part of the of simulation. The <laughs> did you think there was a... Um, I didn't. Uh, I just, I thought what we were seeing was what was happening. The only thing was that I was wondering, not towards the end of it, but when he first starts being mean, I was not sure if they were going to double down on him being mean. I thought they were going to make it ambiguous. Like, right. he's a little mean, but I, not too mean. I didn't like that, actually. That was, that's one of the, the criticisms I have, is that actually, is that they, they made him psychopathic and sadistic. Like, he was a horrible human being. So I do have a comment on but, that. But, but is he actually psychopathic if, exactly. he's, if he's abusing uh, ones and zeros? So I had this debate on Facebook, because someone said he, he didn't like this episode at all, and he thought... It was very unlike Black Mirror, and he thought it was one of the worst ones. And I said, what did you think was unlike Black Mirror? He said, well, it was too clear-cut. There was a very 
good hero to root for and a very evil bad guy to 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 root against. But I pointed out like sure, if you're looking at humans actors playing these roles and you see like this human is being mean to this human, it does seem like he's a sadistic psychopath. But if you step back and remember what the plot is and you compare it to today where you have seemingly normal people like me playing a video game like Grand Theft Auto completely psychopathically. Well, yeah. Right. Right. So, but um so you but they didn't really lay that right. question out. They didn't and and, yeah. and and two even if they had it still in terms of my emotions. Sure. I really wanted this guy to fry. Of course. Like I I was like that guy deserves to fry. So it it would require unlike some of their other episodes the the nuance of the character was more obvious. Right. In this one, the nuance was not obvious until you start thinking, but wait. Now, there are things about him that were creepy anyways. Who collects DNA samples illegally right. and uses them for whatever purposes? Uh, you know, it's harm- harmless, you know. <laughs> right. But but in terms of to the individual. But, but that is certainly not the same as torturing or imprisoning someone or, you know. Right. So what I would have liked would tweak that a bit and make him... A little bit more of it having an internal struggle because he seemed to almost get off on harming other people, you know, and have it be like, you know, have him be like, hey, you guys, like, I, I come here, you know, yes. because I want to play this game. And yes, and and honestly, this requires me using a lot of resources on my computer. And if this doesn't work out, I, like I, the I, only option you're giving me is to like punish you somehow to or, force you but i don't want to force or you or delete you would or be delete like, you yeah you know i'll have to i'll have to like start over and i kind of like you guys so you know like make it more and yes. then and then and then the cole is like well i don't give a fuck about this guy you know like we yeah. got to figure out a way to get out of this game right. or you know some kind of thing around that where it was more they could have portrayed them a little more selfishly right. or selfish and they portrayed him a little more nuanced in that sense. Right. I totally get you. Yeah. Because that's true that even when I am playing Grand Theft Auto or games like that that let me be bad, I am still on the border, let alone if it felt completely real. Right. If I was playing a game in which I go into a virtual reality thing and the people look fully real and they're begging for their lives, right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have a really hard time right. doing what I need to do. Right. Uh, even as because an ex- when you're playing Grand Theft Auto, you know those you know avatars so to speak those those people in yeah. quotes have no emotion like that's there right. is not a shred of emotion involved in the, that's right. in the in the making of that code you know what i mean whereas in this game it's like you created basically independent beings in a in a world yeah. that and they have feelings and identity and you know so so as an example did you play a game called uh uh firewatch no. Okay. So it's a great indie game. I totally recommend it. Uh, it's it's a short game. You can play it like in four hours. Um, and actually, you know what? You should play it and we should talk about it in the podcast because there it's tons of psychological elements to it. Hmm. But when, when did it come out? It came out last uh, year and a half ago. Yeah. Oh. And I don't know if they have it on Xbox. They have it on PS4. But if, if you need to borrow it, I could lend you the PS4 or whatever. But anyways, it's a really fun game, but it's short. And there's a moment, and the graphics are not hyper real. They're uh, a little cartoonified, but still, you know, they look, everything looks like real 
like cell shaded sort of. Okay. Uh, so when you look out into the, he's in the forest. Um, it looks very pretty, but it's not photorealistic. And even with that, there's this one part where you come across a body, like a dead body, and I I was like, oh, I don't. I don't want to see, I, like, I don't want to see that dead body. You know, like, it gave me that feeling of, like, I really came across a dead body. Even though it's a total, it's just a game. There's no real death. So, let alone something that felt. Right. And, and in, the, in this case, it's not even a VR helmet. He's sensing, he's feeling. Right. It's crazy. Right. Now, the, so, so yeah. they made him, you know. Now, does Black Mirror always have to be super nuanced? No. You know, it's like, you know, it's fine. They, they depicted a guy who was sadistic towards computer programs. You well, know? and I'm, and I'm going to go and I'm going to defend him in this, right? Which is the same thing I said on Facebook, which is that um, what I think the nuance they used this time was not in the way the character behaved, but it was in him, in fact, seeming on the surface to be a monster. But if we look at what actually happened, a coworker of his solely to try to prevent some pictures being leaked, went to this person's house, broke in, took away, replaced a thing that she didn't know the effects that that thing could have, and resulted in him getting trapped in the game, potentially dying. That's what actually happened. Right. And all he had done was be socially awkward and steal DNA samples to right. humans. Right. So by the law, he... Basically, if, if it was illegal to steal DNA, fine. He might have broke the law there. But even if it was, that's probably a smaller offense. She might have been responsible for manslaughter, yeah. definitely breaking and entering. And all that she was trying to do is collect some vi- uh, pictures of her that were uh, somewhat offensive. Right. And only because someone called her. Right. That's the reality of the episode we watched. Right. Um, I thought it was a funny episode. I thought there was a lot of humor in it. Uh, when Cole would transport, yeah. first, she's just like, oh my God. The uh, references were amazing. Yeah, I thought the plot was pretty cool in that basically it was it was very Black Mirror bleak because yeah. they're trying to kill themselves. Yeah. Um, and, and you're rooting for them. Please, yeah, go kill yourself, you know. Well, even the ending, another thing I point out on the Facebook thread is that, like, well, and it, ends, it has a happy ending. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I don't see how it has a happy ending. And even I'm just talking about for the the AI protagonists because they can be deleted at any moment just because a patch gets updated, right? Also, now they're in, in the actual live server. Since we've seen that they are sensitive entities that don't want to be tortured and treated like, like shit, they're in a multiplayer game with 80 to 90% assholes <laughs> and right off the bat in fact they get treated like shit yeah so i'm not so sure they're in for fun <laughs> right i mean it's not like they can go into the world where it's where they want to be no you know because they feel like they come from our world that's right and they can never come back that's right know? and yet they're gonna be if he tortured them easily many other players are gonna torture them do whatever um uh, right well at the very least well when you describe the person you're arguing with on facebook i you know, I've said this before. If you don't like something, great. You know, art's weird. Uh, everyone, things appeal to different people in different ways. You know, it's fine. But when I hear people criticize something in this way, I'm always like, what? Like, I feel like some people, particularly nerdy people like ourselves, people akin to you and me, <laughs> they will watch things as if, 
they're either looking for things to hate or they have such a narrow band of what is considered good. And the world owes them their quality. Right. And, <laughs> and, and it's, it's like they can't just sit back and enjoy themselves, yeah. you know, which is, which is what these things are designed to Dude, do. I am so like that in so many <laughs> respects. So I can identify it in others. <laughs> but like, but to, to criticize it for having a happy ending, like, yeah. What? How is that a criticism? His point, I think, was I think it's a he. Yeah, I think his point was um, it's very unlike Black Mirror. Well, isn't Black Mirror supposed to be unlike Black Mirror? You yes, know what I mean? Like yes, yes. to create a Black Mirror episode to be expected would be to be unblack Mirror. Right, right. You know? Anyway, yeah. so it's like, come on! Like yeah. when when people massively all the nerds criticize Episode Eight, it's just like. You know, it didn't feel like a Star Wars episode. It's like, if you want to watch a Star Wars, go watch the old one. You know what I mean? Just, I, the, new I, movies are, the new movies are supposed to be new. Absolutely. You know? I saw a great video from someone I follow on YouTube that was the 10 reasons why your reasons for hating episode 8 are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I loved how Cole completely freaks out when she realizes that she's in a computer program. Right. Like, that's one of the best things about Black Mirror. When they really nail it, yeah. they they draw that out where other writers and other TV shows or maybe the producers say, you got to get to the next, you know. What Black Mirror does so well is, like, they walk you through a legitimate reaction yeah. to a very strange scenario. Yeah, totally. Which always bothers me in movies and TV shows when they just, like, but they just skipped that whole part. Which is why the first episode we never liked. Right. Because they actually didn't quite do that well. Right. They're like, oh, I got to fuck a pig. Well, that sucks. Right. The only <laughs> the, the, the scene where they adjust to that is the prime minister is kind of like, wait a second, uh, what? But his staffers are like, yep, you know, yep. <laughs> you're, you're going to have to fuck this pig. Um, anyway. That's the way but it yeah, I just I just love like playtest with kurt russell's kid um you know the episode playtest where he he does the plate yeah the other episode. i didn't know that was kurt russell's kid yeah goldie hahn kurt russell's oh, kid. oh okay yeah um so that you know as he's realizing you know it's really drawn out maybe you, know? you pointed that out at the time i just forgot uh san junipero that episode yeah. it's like it's really slow like you really right. get a, a nosedive with uh oh yeah with ron howard's kid actually yeah um, you really, you know, th they really, sh you know, the whole episode is basically her nosediving on Facebook likes, That's you right. know, and it's like every time someone downvotes her, you really feel it, you know, it's just, <laughs> oh, yeah. a, it, um, shut up and dance the pedophile episode. Yes. Oh God. Like, you know, the black mirror writers, they just, they, they slowly walk you through it. You know, it doesn't get to the crescendo until the end. Yeah. You know, um, White bear, same kind of thing. Yeah. Like she, you know, this woman wakes up. She doesn't know where she is. She's What's walking. Happening? She's walking to the neighborhood. People are filming her, and and it's like very, very slowly. You know, you yeah. and you you really identify with the fish out of water aspect of the person. Uh, but the best one in terms of this is "Be Right Back," where you have the robot boyfriend. Yes, Don, Donald Gleason. I I found out you don't call his name Domnal. It's Donald. It's it's Donald. Yeah. Donald. It's because it's it's. It's spelled Domnal. Yeah, Domnal. But apparently it's just Donald. Do, or Dom Donald, I think. Yeah, Donald. But that Donald. episode, you know, she loses her um her boyfriend. Right. And 
very slowly she begins she goes down the slippery slope of eventually getting the robot boyfriend that's right you know what i mean but at first she's like no i'm not going to do that she's really upset and and then she's like okay fine i'm missing him i'll try this software out right the software kind of works and then this robot idea comes up and she's like well you know and and now we're like 30 minutes into the episode which is very important for these futuristic type things because I think a lot of people would immediately dismiss the extreme case. Like, right. oh, that that would never happen. That's extreme. But if you walk them through, well, right. here's what you could do, right. then you could see how, like, how you could end up right. at that extreme. Um, so yeah, the bad things, I wish he wasn't so psychopathic. Uh, I didn't like how his eyes grayed over when he entered the game. That doesn't, I, I don't well, understand. Well, the sense, yeah, the, the sense I got, but I agree with you. It, it's It's kind of a convenience for the audience, but the sense I got is that he, in addition to the little thing in the neck, they must have contacts that they wear. But, but if if you have the ability to tap into all of your physical senses, yeah, why not just the, the occipital? Yeah. Unless what it is is that they have to occlude light coming in. Then why not just wear it like a you glass know, shades or yeah. something? Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, That's true. And I wish it was more like "Be Right Back." In that the program had to search for personality data. Yeah, because the whole the whole clone thing, they made it look like he can also clone their full personality and memories. Right. At least a lot of their memories. That is that was a very poor decision by yeah. that's like now as I was watching the episode, I sort of I sort of let it go. I I, I had to because it was it was one of these like if I get stuck on that, then this sucks. Right. But all they had to do was have one second where he presses another button and says, search the web for personality data, you know? Yeah. So, you know, or maybe he could just have filmed or filmed them. Like it, it, that would have been neat if they had shown him putting a new camera. Cause the implication is like, he always adds these little cameras, like little mini cameras. But how would you know the the memories, you know, the personality detail? Well, that's the part that I, well, yeah, you're right. Cause these people yeah. were them. They, it was mostly they, them, right? No, it was them. She was a little confused. She was like, I, but she had her password. She knew, she knew those past right, pictures were on her phone. True. Oh, right. She, she, no, you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. She had every I don't think memory. They, well, I don't think they could have done it right then because even with the searching online, they well, couldn't have done well, that. Well, he could be an expert hacker or something. You know what I mean? And like, mm. well, it, in the Be Right Back episode, for example, they very realistically depicted how and how a computer program could create a personality AI from... And it was a little janky. Like yeah. it, it wasn't always spot on. And he didn't have all his mem- all his own memories. Right. Like there were things that only she knew about him that he hadn't that's, posted. That's why I'm saying I don't think maybe that's why they did it this way. They went, look, in for a penny, in for a pound. We can't. <laughs> but at least throw a bone. You yeah. Know, just again, yeah. just have another button. Yeah. You know, the DNA and plus DNA doesn't account for epigenetics yeah. and for like hairstyle. Like he, there, he didn't press any other button. It was just DNA. <laughs> what what they could have done is borrow. And I know I was just saying that I liked that they didn't combine too many texts into one episode, but they did have the other episodes where they uh, everyone wears the life recorder from the time they're born. Yeah. They they could have shown him maybe stealing or tapping into their life recorder. And then that would have explained it exactly. Just yeah. just some other element, you know, which yeah. which would have added to the story because it would have been like, oh, he's not just like taking their DNA; he's actually like breaking into yeah. their 
their data unfairly. Right. You know? right. Anyway, let's take a break and let's get into the psychology of this episode. What do you say, Bruno? Let's do it. All right, we're back from the break. If you haven't become a patron of the podcast, do so now. Go to patreon.com. Become a patron of the podcast and you know that you are supporting us because you like us. It's, it's the one time when I really know that you like us. Because we deserve it. <laughs> uh, I just had a great uh, thought. Yeah. This is how they could have solved this and it would have been actually pretty awesome. Okay. The whole thing is a video game where they put a little sensor that goes right into their brain, right? Not only can it produce all the sensory information, but why can't that same sensor read their memories and their stuff like that? Now, of course, it's private, right? So a user uses it, enters the game, but the nice thing is that their character in the game is fully customized like them and stuff like that. Well, this guy, since he's the CTO, he can go and pull any number of memories and records from someone while they're in the game. Right. That would have been it. Right. Yeah. It, 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 it's so dumb. It, like, actually, for the first couple seconds, I was like, wait a second. He created those characters from DNA? That doesn't make any sense yeah. to me. Like, Because, anyway. honestly, he could have done this yeah. and not needed their DNA at all. Right. Because the game already would... Well... Yeah. But then you wouldn't have the plot of the real Cole actually breaking into the play. Well, but but I mean stealing their personal data from the game server alone, including memories, like right. that's <laughs> That's worse. Worse. Like why do I care about stealing my DNA? a lollipop? Yeah, yeah. You know, that's bad, but <laughs> So the psychology of it uh, that I could think of is that it it'll be interesting to see what the future holds regarding this sort of thing, you know? Yeah. Cuz that's what Black Mirror is a lot about. It's like we're 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 close to this, you know. I mean, we already have people playing video games all day long. That's right. Which, when I was thinking about this episode, I was like, oh, in the future, you know. I was like, <laughs> I was like wait a second, we already have that. Yeah. There are there are people who play video games in their house by themselves all day long, and for years, you know. We and, we know people like this, and many. I mean, almost an entire generation of of young, mostly males. Being very unempathetic inside of the game environment right. to both other humans and certainly to the AI. Right. That's why I think there was a backlash from nerds who who live that kind of lifestyle right. because it hit too close to home for them. Yeah. Whereas when I watched it, I'm not really that kind of gamer. Right. And so it didn't hurt my feelings. Right. You know. Um, because you know to uh, use the GTA analogy again, the Grand Theft Auto analogy. Um, I, the first time I remember playing Grand Theft Auto, it was top down. It wasn't 3D. And it was, you know, you, you have the little car, you drive it around the top down view of London, you get out of your little car, you beat people up. And I thought it was hilarious. It was so much fun. When I got Grand Theft Auto 3, it was the first 3D version of it. And you can pull up, a hooker gets in your car, you can then beat her up. We were like, me and my friends, we were like, what the heck? This is crazy. Yeah. I remember feeling bad about it. Right. At the time, and there was a couple other games like this, too. At the time, it was like, oh, no. Right. This is bad. Like, you can't design a game that it makes it okay. Because right. like most games, there was nothing like that. You when know? I was much younger, when I was in my early 20s, I wanted to make a video game that would you, where you would be a serial killer. And I was thinking... Oh, this would be a great thing because you could actually try. You would have to stalk people and get in their house and then kill. But years later, I was thinking, God, that would probably be really traumatizing to play and maybe could trigger people to do some really evil shit in real life. And 
It's that, funny that there isn't a game like that already. Well, I think it actually would have a lot of trouble getting approved and stuff like that. Right. Because in reality, I, as, as a young person... You could play Grand Theft Auto that way if you wanted to. Yeah, but it's still, like you were saying, there's still a cartoony element to it. Yeah. But, but with the technology we have now, especially with VR, you can make experiences where you are essentially, it feels like you're killing someone. Totally. And... As a as a younger person, I thought, oh, I, I I know the difference between reality and fiction. I'm sure I'd be fine. Now, as an older person, I'm realizing, oh, hey, I wouldn't be fine. I know a lot of people that really wouldn't be fine. Right. So this well, is this is getting to be more and more of an issue. Totally. Yeah. So so this game or this episode kind of alerts to what's possible. Now, I would contend, based on my understanding of experts regarding technology and brain interfaces and all this kind of stuff that this exact kind of thing is like well beyond the time that we're dead the yeah. the ability to create a virtual in brain experience where you feel you're in that right. world all every cell in your body right, is interacting right. with the thing and right. uh, and the ability to create like an entire human being even For, if you did yeah. have uh, all the data and all the memories and everything, like, and it seemed non-invasive. It was just this little thing he attached to his right, yeah. Temple. Uh, but even if it was invasive, yeah. honestly, like, the brain is a gelatinous, wet mess. Yeah, and and it is, you know, to connect all of that gelatinous, wet mess up to a computer. I think in the future, the only one of the only, or at least an interim way that this will happen is with uh with, is with a cyborg brain where part of your brain is actually made out of hardware out of computer hardware and so part of your consciousness is therefore ones and zeros and therefore you can much more easily uh, manipulate it through ones and zeros, if that makes sense. To translate yeah. ones and zeros into cellular neuro neuronal experiences is a... I, I just can't see that happening in our... Well, and, and you sort of don't have to in that... Look, making you think you're seeing something that you're not seeing is already possible. Right, with VR. Yeah. And it'll only get better and better and better, right? Right, right. So, so in our lifetime, and I'm hoping, actually, yeah. like in 20 years, 25, 30 years... There will be um, VR headsets that will be as light as uh, sunglasses, yeah. you know, and, and headphones. And so, and then, so you get full stereo, uh, 3D, 360 spatial audio, which you do now. Which you do now that fully fools your ears, right? Yeah. In addition, you could produce little molecules to give you some sense of smell, right? right. Certain smells, right? You could do it. You could have gloves on. You could have haptic feedback. You could also do, like, so then you, with electro impulses, you could start doing things like maybe stimulate your, uh, what is that, your following response, your, uh, what is that called? Your, uh, mm. well, you know what makes it feel when you're, when you're falling or when you're, whatever. And you could certainly imagine tricking you into feeling electricity or, or shocks or pain even and stuff like that that would be pretty i can't i mean or you create a a, a like a pod that, yeah. that moves you yeah know what i mean so there's any number of things that you can do to approximate it will it be perfect anytime soon no definitely not but i have had vr experiences that felt with with vive for yeah. example that i am like holy yeah, right. crap 
Like I'm, I, I, I can see it's computer because right. it doesn't look. Ex- but I, man, the emotional experience. And that's why I'm saying, imagine just with today's Vive Oculus technology. Right. You're wearing the thing. You're holding the 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 controllers, and you see a photorealistic human. Yeah. Talking to you, and as you, and it's like, and, and then there's another guy. Punch him. Punch her. And you're punching. Yeah. And you know the graphics are good, so she starts bleeding. She starts, and she's begging, yeah. "Stop, stop!" But, and I think you and I differ in this. In our lifetime, I don't think we're going to see AI on the level of an actual person that we would can. Of course, there's a philosophical gray zone here. No, and I know we we disagree, but I'm not even talking about. Let's let's all assume that we are all aware that this is just a program. Yeah, yeah, and it's not that, self aware. That's that'll happen right. in our lifetime. And yeah. and in fact, we could design this game today. Right. And, but what I, what I'm trying to get at is, what's the impact that has on the on the person, the human? Yeah. Uh, well, I think we have a good approximation for it now in that we forget how realistic video games are now, inter- yeah. even non-VR games. Yeah. Um, because, you know, like, you know, you and I play video games and they're like a racing game or a flying game or something. Like, even though it's on a little square video screen, like yeah. you, you get into it, you're into it, you right. know, like you start moving your body around or you, or you, when something happens that scares you, you jump back, you yeah. know, it's like, just because it's a flat screen doesn't right. mean it doesn't feel real. And so there's plenty of people who are walking around Grand Theft Auto and punching people and running people over and shooting them in the head. And, and the research has shown that for the, for the vast majority of people, even young people, they understand that is not a real person. And that doesn't translate into sadistic behavior in real life. And what I'm wondering is... Will VR make it worse? If they did that research with something this as what I was describing in that level of realism, does that actually... Because, you know, in, in war, you're there and you're killing the person and that might traumatize you. Well, so that actually, that's a good example. So when people would go to war, they would... Some people would absolutely be traumatized, but... It's, it's there would be people who would kill and see the whites of the eyes yeah. of hundreds of the enemy. Yeah, they would shoot them in the head. They'd blow off their legs. Mm-hmm. They, you know, just just annihilating people. They come now. They might be traumatized by that, but they come back to the states and they don't start killing a bunch of. Like, I see. You know what I mean? It. There's a hmm. we we're very good at categorizing things. You know what I mean? So. There's more to that than what I'm talking because there are yeah. there are some people who actually create atrocities later on, like the Robert Bale story from uh, anyway. So so I want to move on to Star Trek references. So there were many, uh, and I wanted I'm going to list them off, and you tell me if I missed any. So obviously the ship and the look and the sounds yeah. and the filter, as you said, Uhura. You know you had the Uhura <laughs> character with the thing in her ear. You have someone with a bad. Russian accent, yeah. uh, you know, the, the woman with blue hair. Uh, I like the, the line, just hit any button, it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, Captain Kirk kissing all the women. Yeah. Uh, the short skirts. Uh, going through the ion cloud. Uh, <laughs> that was the first episode, the first bit. That, that uh, or was that, anyway, they go, th- they go through, an, they go into some kind of cloud. Right. And 
several Star Trek episodes and movies are about entering some kind of cloud yeah. to to escape certain death outside of the. It's like we can't go into the cloud. Uh, we're, we'll die in there. Well, we'll certainly die out here, Captain. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, as I said, Jesse Plemons plays a really good version of Kirk. His hair even. Looks, Can they, by the way, make a note of that for future crews and like, hey? You don't die in the cloud. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the best strategies of all time. Have you not seen the Star Trek show? Um, when they emerge from Daly's computer world into the into the World Wide Web world, uh, did you notice it became a J.J. Abrams version of Star Trek? Oh. Oh, you didn't notice. Right. No, no. Yes, because it was like modernized. Well, no, no. It looked exactly like J.J. Abrams' reboot star trek okay. with lens flares uh, okay okay and the white and blue sort of yeah, you're um, right, themes you're right, yeah yeah it looked i was like oh my god so the main server doesn't look like the 60s version right so yeah. so <laughs> daily server is the 60s because he's going for nostalgia they, they go out into the other world and it's the jj abrams right. world yeah and i and it was so subtle and you didn't even pick up on it that and i was like oh my god brilliant they didn't have to do it that way you know but it, they, well no i i i saw that the look changed but i didn't realize they they were so specific about making it look like jj abrams <laughs> yeah um someone had to sacrifice themselves to save right. every you know like and rat. they had con yeah <laughs> um away missions you know going right. going to like a lot of desert it you know when Star Trek went on a lot of away missions, it was a lot of deserts. Because <laughs> California. Right. Because outside of L.A., it's a lot of desert. <laughs> they couldn't go to the ju- to the lush jungles of the Amazon yeah. unless it was a stage. Or a forest <laughs> or something. But there was a Battlestar Galactica reference. Did you catch it? Mm, no. It was uh, when they're, they're like, um, uh, for he's a jolly good fellow, and then the... Uh, you know, McPoyle says, so say we all. Oh, I didn't catch it. Damn. All right. Any any other, did I miss anything? Oh, I'm sure you did, but I, you know so many more references than I do that. Are you not Star a huge Trek. old Trek person? Old Trek, period. Oh, okay. I never watch any of the other Treks. Oh, you didn't watch Next no. Generation? I mean, I've seen like two episodes or something. Yeah. Man, I was. And I've seen the movies, not all the movies. I've seen the new movies. I've seen two. You haven't of the seen old... all the movies. I never saw the Wrath of Khan. Oh my god! I know, right? I never saw the first one. Oh my I god! I saw Star Trek: The Search for Spock. Yeah. Oh, actually, no. Did I see the Search for? I saw the Undiscovered Country. Okay. I saw the Final Solution or the Final Frontier. I mean, yeah. no, no. What was it called? The Five. Yeah. Terrible. They and find was, they find God. Right, and then I saw Generations. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, and then I saw the new ones. Yeah, I've seen all the movies. Uh, I'm a I'm a 95% Trekkie. Uh, I watched, as a kid, rerun the old uh, episodes. Um, watched Next Generation religiously. Me and my college friends would make a date of it. You know, it's like, I yeah. think it was like Sunday night, I think. And it was like, oh, Next Generation's on. We're going to watch it. Or Monday night. Anyway. Channel. But I, I also loved that that scene was so iconic of them in the little desert planet with the red filter and the antagonist up on the hill yeah. yelling down at them. Like, it's just such a... <laughs> yeah. It rings true, you know? It's yeah. like, yep, that's Star Trek. <laughs> uh, I watched Deep Space Nine. Actually, after it had finished, I think, I, I watched reruns in uh, the mid-90s, I think it was. Wait, no, mid 
mid or around the year 2000, I think Deep Space Nine had ended all of this. Anyway, I every night they would play another episode of Deep Space Nine at like 10 o'clock on Channel 13, and I would watch it over uh, dog ear antenna on my 13-inch color TV, and I would eat Doritos. <laughs> and I would uh, – so I watched all of Deep Space Nine – and that became my favorite Star Trek uh, show. Oh, actually. interesting! Um, it's it's a it's sort of a soap opera, and yeah. it's it was the first Star Trek series where they had storylines that spanned across different seasons. You know what oh. I mean? So whereas Next Generation, they might have had two or three episodes that had a theme, and that characters that would reoccur and stuff. Right, like that. but but each Recurring. mainly Star Trek, old Star Trek, and then Next Generation. Each episode is its own deal, yeah. you know. Um, and Deep Space Nine, the characters and the storylines—I don't know. I just, I just really like that that um, thing. Um, and then I tried to watch Voyager and kind of liked it, but then got bored. And then Enterprise—I was so excited for Enterprise and quickly hated that. I liked the first episode, but then after that, I was like, oh. You know, so one of the things that I didn't like about the Next Generation when I tried watching it in high school or that I guess did, just turned me off a bit. When I watched the original, the 60s Star Trek on TV in Columbia, the sounds, the imagery, everything felt, as soon as the show would start, it felt like I was in a completely different time and space. It, it, you know, it, it gave me this feeling like we've entered a little bubble they care nothing about what's going on in the world right now here. They know nothing about it. This is really is the future. I'm watching something in the future. And it's just because it had these little sounds and pings. And there was a sense of a lack of urgency until an emergency would happen. That was sort of like interesting. Like, okay, here we are. It's a hard. It's hard to describe. But everything about it yeah, felt it, legitimately alien. Interesting. I don't think I've ever heard. I don't think I've ever felt what you're you know, making me feel right now, which is, I think it was sort of like a submarine. Yes. It's like the 20,000 leagues under the sea or that other show Sequest or whatever. Whereas next generation felt like a living room. Next generation felt like a nineties, like friends set. (laughs) And, and it was very bright yeah. And everyone was there. And so it I didn't feel like a submarine anymore. I didn't feel like I was trapped in a different dimension at yeah. all. Yeah, yeah. And so as a result, it was way less immersive. That's funny. <laughs> all right. So let's talk about episode two, season season four, Archangel. Directed by, do you know who? No. Jodie Foster. Oh, Jodie Foster. I did, because at the end they say directed by Jodie Foster. Yes. Yeah, she has a long career. Yes. Notably, Taxi Driver, Bugsy Malone, Freaky Friday, The Accused, in which she got an Oscar. Silence of the Lambs. She got another Oscar. She was in Freaky Friday? The, like the original 70s yeah. Freaky Friday. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, Nell, Contact, Inside Man, The Beaver, which she also directed, and most recently Elysium. Uh, this episode is written by Charlie Brooker, the creator of Black Mirror, brilliant guy. Stars Rosemary Ma- Rose DeWitt as the mother. Uh, she's been in a lot, but I, but I don't recognize her. Did you recognize the mom at all? The mom, uh, she looked familiar, yes, but I, I don't remember where I've seen her. Yeah, she's been on a, a number of, uh, not a lot of things, but some things, and I was like, huh. And then uh, Brianna Harding as the as the kid, she's also been in some stuff, but I didn't recognize her either. 
Um, okay, so the plot is that you have a single mom and daughter. We don't really know what happened to the dad. Uh, the daughter wanders off one day at the at the at the uh, playground. Mom is terrified. They find her. She's sort of traumatized that she thought her mom. And I thought that's where they were going with this story. Was like, oh, the kid got abducted and got killed or something. Yeah. But you know, she just wandered off, and they yeah. they ended up finding. And the mom. Well, and I thought there was something. What odd about the kid? They made it look like there was something odd about the kid. Oh, really? But there wasn't. No. Well, in that moment, they, they, like. The way I thought they were going is like, oh, there's something about like, this girl. Like she has special power. She disappeared or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. But no, there was nothing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's When you watch Black Mirror, especially the first 10 minutes, you just you, you, everything is in question. Right. You know? What's this? Maybe I'm in a simulation. <laughs> uh, the mom is convinced to put a new device in the daughter's head. It's a tracking device. It also sees what she sees. So... It records what she sees, which is interesting. You didn't find that out till later, and it and it can block bad things. So you kind of have to watch the episode to understand what I mean by that. But you know, if you've well, seen but it, it, you know, if if you've seen the one with the Christmas special where you could block people and then it, they become blurs, right? It's a less aggressive version of that where everything becomes blocky and pixelated. If, if it's distressing, yeah. If you're if you're experiencing stress while watching it, right. and if the setting is on, right, right, um, and. So after this, things are good, and then the father dies, and at this point, the the mother is like truly isolated. And I it's think the grandpa, the grandpa dies. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Well, the father of the mother. Oh yeah. And yeah. I was trying to figure out why they even had his character, and I think it's because they wanted, I, they wanted the mother to have at least some voice of reason, and then to have that voice go away. You know what I mean? Or, or a voice of support or a voice of stability or something. And then when he dies, you get the sense like the mom is truly by herself now. Yeah. You know, she's a working mom. She doesn't have a lot of time for friends. And she's... isn't that also the inciting... Isn't that the inciting event that causes her to realize that she should turn off the filter? Well... That's one of them, uh, kind of. But then the, I don't remember the sequence. Well, the daughter starts having some issues. Like she, she, she can't see the mother crying at, uh, the, at the grave yeah. of, of yeah. the grandfather. Um, she's being ostracized by her friends at school because they don't have the parental controls that she and has. She's drawing some very right, and so she starts to she starts to become kind of fascinated with blood, and she yeah. c- because she's like. How come I, you know, this is interesting. Whenever our blood or you know red yeah. stuff comes out of people's oh, and she bodies, she starts cutting herself. Well, she starts, yeah, she starts stabbing, cutting, yeah. stabbing herself. So this is reminiscent of you know issues that parents are paranoid yeah. about today. Um, and so it seems like she's too protected. She goes to a psychologist. A psychologist says um, these these implants have been banned all over the yeah. world, actually. For and they don't really explain why, which yeah. I thought was good because they, you know, they could have thrown out a, a reason like it turns them all into psychopaths but they yeah. just sort of leave it as a question it's like they've been banned and the psychologist says you know what you might want to just turn that thing off you, you can't know? remove it right but you can turn it off yeah you might just want to you, you might just want to like get rid of that monitor you know so the mom puts away the the ipad thing the daughter it starts to develop normally she's fine and the the mom is isn't looking at the ipad thing right the daughter grows up into teenage life, starts to rebel. The daughter lies and says she's with a friend, but she's really at the beach smoking pot with friends, particularly this boy called Trick. And the, the mother is scared. She's like, where, where was she? You know, it's a classic story yeah. where it's like, 
everyone tells their parents that they're staying at everyone else's house. <laughs> and then when the parents actually start asking around, they say, well, they said they were going to your house. Well, they said they're going to your And so she's like, she gets worried. And so she goes to the iPad years later after putting it in the attic to see like, well, where was my daughter? Right. And she finds out that uh, her daughter was having sex. And the daughter is actually talking dirty, yeah, <laughs> which is distressing to the mom naturally, right? It's like she's um, she's like saying something like "do me harder" or something, yeah. you know. And the mother is basically traumatized by watching her right. daughter have sex, you know, um, from her daughter's perspective, which is interesting. Um, and then the mother starts getting kind of worried because now she's like, "Okay, my daughter's lying to me." My daughter's having sex with this random guy, and she starts watching more. And then she sees that her daughter is using cocaine. Um, and so the mom really loses it at this point, goes to trick the boyfriend, threatens him, and says, if you don't cut it off with my daughter, yeah. I'm going I'm to fry you. And so he's scared. He's terrified. And so he, he breaks up with the daughter. And then the daughter's sad. And then the mom gets a, and this was subtle. I had to rewatch this scene to figure out what happened because I didn't right. really pick up. A, but the mom gets a notification. We don't see it, but basically she gets a notification because this this device also measures hormones and stuff. Right. And the device had figured out she was pregnant, and so the mom gets this notification that her daughter is pregnant, but the daughter doesn't know she's pregnant. Right. And so the mom secretly drugs the daughter to have an abortion, and via this drug, and the daughter. Uh, has an abortion and and then goes to the doctor and the doctor runs some tests and says you were pregnant and you you had this drug yeah. and she's like she, the daughter's like wait a second like I was, <laughs> I was pregnant and I I was using this drug I know I didn't and then <laughs> and then she slowly starts to and then she very you see her face and this is the brilliant of black black right. mirror it's like you can see in her face and they really focus on it for a while that she is slowly piecing it together. She's like, well, why would I have this anti-pregnancy drug in me? Yeah. You know? Like oh. you were saying, in other shows or movies, they would cut sooner, and then all of a sudden, she's at home uncovering the garbage can. Well, no. Well, yes. But another sort of even lazier way is she would have a friend that she'd be talking to where they would verbalize what's in her head. You right. know? She'd be like... I don't understand it. I had this. Yeah, so, yeah. so you'd have some sort of wise friend and you'd be in the bathroom and she'd be like, I don't understand it. You know, the nurse said I had this weird drug in me. And, you know, the daughter is like, well, maybe your mom drugged you. Yeah, yeah. And no, well, I don't know. Wait, what do you, th you know, they'd, they'd verbalize. Right. The whole, but in this bl brilliance of Black Mirror, it's just like uh, the music is sort of swelling and they're sort of zooming in on her face and you just you see the actor's face kind of start from confusion and like shock to like anger and resolve, right. you know? And then the daughter uh, confronts the mom. They get into a physical fight. The the daughter brutally beats the mom with the tablet. With the pad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with the iPad. Um, I think the writers are suggesting that she's prone to violence because she had those parental controls early in life, you know? Yeah. And the daughter runs away. The mother... Well, uh, didn't you... We've talked about this now several times. If it is true that you can develop psychopathy or trigger it or whatever because you you never learned fear and this thing blocked fear... Yeah. Right. Well, 
so let's get into that after I summarize. But the daughter runs away. The the mother um, is left alone and calling out for the daughter in vain. And the the last scene, you see the daughter hitchhiking, and she gets into some random random tr- truck, random <laughs> you know semi truck, which again is another very common par- parent fear. Right? Yeah, it's like it plays like exactly <laughs> like the worst case scenario that you would worry about, and it ends with a pretender song. I am a mother. Right. I'm a mother. Um, so, so yeah, so the psychology about this is like, I, re- well, first, what out of 10 would you give this episode? So I got to be honest that uh, although I liked a lot of the aspects and it definitely was stressful, um, the contrivance of the device itself and what you could and could not do with it and how she chose to use it, I just felt, I was like, come on, you could have easily prevented all all of this, but so as a result for me, I was a six. Okay. Uh, let's take a break. When we get back, I'll give my rating. All right. We're back from the break. Black mirror season four, episode two, Archangel. I would give it an eight. I was fully in on this, on this story. <laughs> I, I loved that it was down to earth. Yeah. I loved that. It was very familiar actually to today's parents because today you can, if early in life, if you just, if you just, you can figure out a way, if, especially if you're good with tech stuff, that you could actually spy on your kids right. in a certain way, even up through um, adolescence. Yeah. You, you know, you make sure you're the first person with the phone or the, or the iPad and you install a, an app that is, pro, that is protected from view right. from the user and then, you could absolutely spy on your kids. You could get their passwords. You could log everything. Yeah, you could. You can put cameras in their room. You right. could put uh, Bluetooth or even wireless things on their clothing. Right. Whatever. There are plenty of parents today opting to give their kids cell phones so that they can track their movement. Yeah. You know, you, you, there are a lot of parents today who, at any point in time, they can pull out their own phone and find out exactly the GPS of yep. their own child. And, and there are services that you can pay for where they actually do the thing where you they have little cameras and you can see what your child is seeing. Really? Yeah. Interesting. So this is this is now, you know. I mean, not the parental control part where it blocks something out. It's up. inserted into their blood. Right. But the ability to track, the ability to spy yeah. on your kids, the ability to secretly spy on your kids, it sure. has been happening for like five or ten years. Which is, which is, by the way, part of why my main problem with this episode, and I agree, look, the acting was phenomenal, the stress was true and real, and that feeling of like, yeah, parents and their struggle of how much should I control, how, how much, I get all that. The problem I had was this. As you're pointing out, there's a lot of ways in which parents today could richly spy and, 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 and go well into the privacy of their, of their, of their sons and daughters. Uh, most choose not to, right, right. now, or they're just lazy, or now. they're lazy. That's number one. Number two, not lazy in a bad way, but it's it's, it's a lot. Of, it's still a lot of effort. It's right? a lot of effort. Yeah. But I thought, uh, here's what I was thinking. Look, do you want to install something on your little toddler, and for the first maybe five years, you're you're gonna have the ability to see what they're seeing? I, I, maybe I'm ridiculous, but I feel like that might be reasonable because you know, little little toddler is liable to go and eat a thing and choke in, in any minute, right? But there's got to be a point at which you, abs- if the thing doesn't come with a disable switch or 
or a way to remove it, that's already a red flag. But you as a responsible parent have to be able to re- recognize, look, there's an age past which that I can never use this again. And if you don't, then it's it's fully on you as a, a you know, like because like you're saying, it's like a parent today installing a video camera in their child's in their teenager's room in secret and spying on them. Right. That's really invasive and bad parenting. Well, I, but I think we're headed in that direction. Yeah. You know, I, it's already basically here. I mean, you, you have baby monitors or you have se- people have secret cameras to watch the babysitters. Yeah. To make sure the babysitters aren't abusing their kids. And it, it it's a slippery slope because it's like, well, sure, you know, like, for example, um, as as what's laid out in this episode, I think so well, wouldn't every parent want a GPS permanently on their child? Yeah, GPS until the age of, you know, whatever, 18 well, or something. Yeah. Well, okay, so 18, you know. Yeah. But this is a, like, she's like 16 or 17 but at the end of this episode. But I think it's the, it's the it's the body and and camera where it transgresses, I think. Right. But so but again, so I so wouldn't you want a GPS for wouldn't any parent want a GPS for their minor child? Yes. Yeah. Wouldn't I'd any imagine. wouldn't any parent want to see what their children are seeing up to a certain age, like say 12 or something? I would go younger, but sure. Okay, yeah. So any parent would be like Yes, if you could easily make it so that I could see what my three-year-old is looking right. at, um, and not and or seven-year-old isn't looking at porn at, right, at right, school. Right. Yes, I want to see that, or they're being bullied or something. I mean, the amount of things that you would want. So everyone would be like, "Yeah, sign me up for that." But the blurring part. But and well, but the blurring part is like. Um, and and I bet you a lot of parents would sign up for that too. Well, I guess with porn, do I want my kid and violence? Right? Do I want my kid to see violence? No. I mean, we do this anyway, right? Most good parent, all good, all good parents already edit what their kids can see. They don't show them but, rated R movies. They don't show them porn. But clearly, it was extreme. Okay, first of all, as you're talking, I'm realizing that I am being unfair to the episode because what I'm reacting to is. You're seeing it as an adolescent. You're not seeing it as a parent. Yes. Okay. That is fair. Now, at the same time, I guess maybe if if there was if I was only going to pick one thing that bothered me the most was the degree to which things got blurred, like a dog barking. Really? Well, same. You know, parents. If if they were around when you're around your own child. And there is a dog, a vicious... They should have made the dog more vicious, maybe. Well, but even if they did that, like, first of all, you need to hear and see, because otherwise, how are you going to get away? Right. Well, that's why this thing was banned. you know. And that's, I think, the <laughs> point that they're making in this episode is that it's an innocent re- re- desire to shield your child from distressing things. Every parent does that. They should do that. Right. But, in, it taken to an extreme, it might actually screw a kid up because okay. they aren't given a chance to interface with fear and with um, the normal situations in life. You know how you were saying in the previous episode that you wished that that the guy had been a little more not quite as a psychopath as yeah. big of. Yeah, I guess my wish would have been that they would have made the impact of the blurring more subtle okay. because I think. Most reasonable people would realize, wait a minute, you can't, if the child, if the 13 year old is walking down the street and they don't hear and see the bus coming because it might cost them stress, 
That's ridiculous. Right. So you need to have it more. Re- so what I would have preferred if I were tweaking the episode was show me examples that totally make sense for blurring. Like, oh, the porn. She didn't see the porn. Oh, the big the, – she was watching a violent movie on TV and she couldn't see – Well, okay. I think that was their point was like this is, this is an ill-gotten thing. You know, this, is, this isn't um, well thought out. It's sort of like it, it, no, if they I'm made saying, it more, more – you know, But I'm saying like the things are better thought out today. Like porn filters exist on the internet. You have adult settings. Right. You have all those things. Right. So, so, so why would in the future it be so poorly thought out? Well, because it was rudimentary uh, science in a device. Mm-hmm. And the way it was explained was if she has a stress reaction, it blocks what is causing her stress. And – when you're three years old, which is three or four is how old she was when she had the device, that kind of makes sense. You don't want a three-year-old seeing distressful things. You're not trying to teach a three-year-old the, the, the scary things of the world. I, I mean, but... Now to, a, now to an eight-year-old, to a 15-year-old, that's, it's a different sort of thing. A three-year-old isn't expected to jump out of the way of a bus, for but, example. That's fair, but you know, obviously I don't need to tell you that, a three-year-old does and needs to experience stress constantly. It's just that the things that trigger her stress or his stress are what we would call completely mundane. Like... The toy was moved out of position, right? And she's now in stress. Yeah, I mean, they didn't really explain that very well because it's just like, well, kids experience stress when they're told they have to take a nap. Yes, you know. So that's that's what. Look, what I'm saying is this: I, you're convincing me that this is a better episode than I thought. At the same time, I wish, like we wish, some things in the other one. I wish that they would have been more subtle with the design of this thing. Sure, it was like too obviously problematic. Okay. Well, well, not to me actually. I was okay. I was watching it thinking that a lot of people would have that reaction. Okay. It was just like, oh, this is this is no, no. But I'm like, wait a second, people. Okay. In my head, I was arguing uh, already right, with people. Okay. I was like, wait a second, people. Like, if this was available and it was free, especially as a as a trial, yeah. they're you know they're they're studying it. Um, I, you know, I would guess at okay. least fifty percent of parents would say, yeah, sign me up for my three year old. To have GPS, what they see, yeah. um, you know, p- parents are already helicoptering their their kids. Sure. So, you know, it is it is a natural progression from what we are already doing with tech. Do you know what I mean? And it completely ties into good parenting. You know, you should know what your five year old is seeing. You should know where your five. And with the way our society is today, and here's my big point is. That a hundred years ago, every parent didn't need this because you were within eyesight of your child 24-7 from day one until they got married and moved out of your house, you know, or 300 years ago on the farm. Yeah. You knew exactly where your kid was. You knew exactly what they looked at. You knew for the most part. Yeah, the risks were like, what did you eat? Or you're choking on a piece of meat, or you fell off the top of the barn. But you were there. You were there. Yeah. You were there. Like yeah. you were, especially when they're you know zero to seven. You certainly didn't have to wonder where is. Do you know where your child is? You today? wouldn't need a GPS. Right. You wouldn't need to protect them from porn or R-rated movies or the weird kid on the playground because there were no such things, and you were right there. And so this device 
is in a way returning to na- a natural state of parenting, which is my big point, which is like when I realized that I was my, I blew my own mind Yeah, <laughs> because I was like, not only is this not sick, not, not only is this not bad parenting, but it, in a sense, given the way our society is today where, you know, the average parent is, I mean, we now have, we put our kids in another room to sleep. You know, we didn't used to do that. They, we had one room where everyone slept in the family, you know, one cave or one area. And so to, you know, we are so separated from everyone, including our kids, because of the way our society is, you know, they go to school, they go to daycare, they go to a dancing class, they go to this. And that is not natural. Now, I'm not saying it's, it's a bad way to parent. And I'm not saying it's bad for kids, but I'm saying that it's natural for a parent to want full monitoring of their children. And to say that that is a bad thing is to say that 99.999% of our history was filled with bad parenting, which I don't believe. So I, I, like I said, I think it's perfectly reasonable to say, hey, I want to track location. I even want to have vitals, see what I see. But like all things, they need to start, there needs to start being limits based on the age and the development. And the blurring part in particular, uh, I mean, I guess they would have had to check with some psychologists and you would have thought any one of them would have said, well, you can't just blur stress. That's not going to work. Let me just start from that, right? Who, who <laughs> listens to psychologists? I mean... What did you just say? Yeah. Uh, the uh, people... If people listen to psychologists and... Develop, child development experts, the world would be a vastly different place. So the fact that this episode they weren't listening to experts is is um, not surprising to me. <laughs> the other thing is is they had the whole thing where this thing was banned. So it's yeah. not so sure. It's very possible. So they basically said this is a bad device, and society has decided this is bad. Didn't so, she ever get any follow up from the people doing the device? Wasn't she part of a test? Wasn't um. They didn't depict that, yeah. you know, but they must have, right? Because it was like a trial. I, I mean, I don't know why I'm so, like, yes. I th- I, well, let me let me ask you this. Yeah. As far as Black Mirror goes, this episode is, like, really real. Like, it it doesn't have any real fantastical nature to it, you know? It's, there's, in a sense, you could almost just say there's no sci-fi. It's just, like, some device that could be around. There's a little bit of sci-fi, but yes. But, you know, it's like, it, it's, You're not cloning a full personality. It's depressing. Out of <laughs> it's a depressing, realistic, sad situation of a relationship between daughter and and mother. You know what I mean? Yes. There's that's no. True. There's no guns. There's no. Especially because in the grand scheme of things, uh, she wasn't actually lost. She wasn't getting raped. She wasn't getting murdered. The worst that happened is she tried a drug. Yeah, it was it was her, yeah. and she begged to use that drug. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. It was so I, I do get all that and they and they from the very first scene they showed us hey this mother is is very worried about what might happen to her child like remember she's giving birth and she's like Did, is the baby alive you know she's already thinking the which worst. is normal I mean yeah. yeah but but I mean some some people are are worse like look I was we've talked I'm a hypochondriac right so I can imagine being worried about every little thing and stuff so they set her up correctly to say all right 
just know this person is very worried. And then the daughter disappears at the park. Well, I, I disagree. I disagree. The, the scene where she's giving birth, she, the baby comes out and she asks, is, is the baby okay? And everyone ignores her. So it, it, up to that point, everyone's sort I of communicating. See, see. Like, we're doing this, we're doing that. Mm-hmm. And then, and then they're like, oh, the baby, the baby's out. And she's like, yay, how's the baby? They're like, oh, you know, they, they yeah. are silent and they take the baby away and it looks like, Something's wrong. wrong. Like the baby's not breathing or something. And so she starts to freak out, just like any normal person. Something was wrong, right? Like they did something. Right. So it it looked, I mean, we don't know, but it looked like they actually had, there was actually something wrong. That's true. And then at the park, her her three year old, two year old child disappears. Disappears for what seemingly was like 15 minutes. Where. Where else could she be? You yeah. know what I mean? And there were people looking. There were like others, yeah. you know, that's going to panic any parent. Yeah. So I would contend that she All is right. right down the middle. You know All what right. I mean? You've sold me. I guess then I'm going to limit my only issue is with how much, how little thought went into the blurring. Well, by the mostly creating the device. But mostly it just didn't resonate with you. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't get you. This episode got me. No, no, no. I look. I was very much like. I really felt that when when the child went missing, I was like, oh my god, that's 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 horrible, right? When when she is legitimately, you know, I re- I remember in high school when I did not understand why my mom, quote unquote, so overreacted when I didn't come home one night, and I'm like, what? I stayed over at Ron's house. And she's like, "You never called me." Like, and I didn't get it. Yeah. Like, well, you knew I was going to Ron's house. Right. Right? Yeah. Um but like now as an adult, I'm like, "Oh my god, like your child, you're a teenager, doesn't come home one night." So imagine <laughs> you that happens and then yeah. you're like, "Oh, you know, I could probably find out where she is if I busted out that thing." And then you discover that she was having sex and that she was using cocaine. Right. With this guy. Right. Uh, so know. all that is fine. I, I was fine with all that. I, I thought it was a little predictable, but fine. Like, it, it was predictable in that, like... It was predictable, but I felt like they laid it out in a very even-handed, realistic manner. Like, even the boyfriend... Yes. He would be... He'd be an easy person to make into, like, a horrible... But he wasn't. He was but just... He, was, a, he, was just he a, sold he, drugs, which is not great. But a good kid, you yeah. know? Cared was like, no, I'm not going to give you cocaine. You yes. Know I mean? So I am fine with all that. So that's why I'm saying like, I'm limiting my complaints now to just, I think whoever designed this thing didn't put two minutes of thought into the blurring. <laughs> yeah. Well, to me, I, I, after the episode was over, I was like, the word that came to mind was devastating. I was just mm-hmm. like, that was devastating. And, and so real. I mean, maybe it's because as a family therapist, I've worked with, thousands of parents in this situation but by the way like part of the reason i'm i'm focusing on the blurring aspect is because you're calling it devastating i'm agreeing with you but why was it devastating because what what, what, sorry good intentions led it to a horrible result but the horrible result i mean would would that child have nearly murder murdered her mother stabbed herself all these things without the parental without control. the blurring well i think part of their point is maybe not but i think for me as i was watching it the blurring was 
of you know a kind of minor aspect of the whole thing. Could I imagine this whole story playing out without any of the blurring? Yeah, because well, but, imagine but, imagine no blurring happens sure. in the story, right? And that you're a 16 year old, 17 year old kid, and you discover that your mother has drugged you to abort a child. Wait, 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 back up. There's no blurring, right? Yeah. So because there's no blurring, first of all, she's not drawing blood and obsessed by blood, number one. Great. Number two, Fine. she's not stabbing herself. Fine. Number three, she's not obsessed about things she can't see that well, some well, kid is trying to show her, right? Okay. Because she can't see it. She's okay. But she might have been okay. fascinated with it anyway. Well, like all kids, right? But but those at least those two of those wouldn't have happened. Right? Sure. Okay. So now we fast forward. If the mom continues to spy on her continuously, we are back to having a full problem. Right. But if the mom would have probably, since you're po- pointing out that she seems fairly normal, she would have probably put that device away anyways, at least from the spying perspective, because she would have been like, look, I can't be spying on my 12-year-old, right. whatever, right? Exactly. And so the only thing that could have still happened is, okay, she goes missing. And she, the mom, after not having used the device for years, is like, Shit. And she looks at it. She sees her having sex. Right. She might also be trying drugs and she freaks out. She goes, talks to the boyfriend, never see him again and stuff like that. Right. The, the girl gets super upset. And for the next several months to a year, their relationship is really difficult. I think it's credible that there could have been a minor altercation, maybe not to the degree that we saw in this version, but... But definitely running away. I mean, imagine you're 17 years old and you discover that your mother has been secretly spying on everything you've ever done and drugged you to have an abortion and and made your boyfriend break up with you, which was devastating to you. That's going to be upsetting. Kids have run away from home for less than that. So maybe not an altercation. And honestly, the violence I kind of felt was a little heavy handed. I was like, yikes like when the drugging her to have an abortion that that so that was an extreme reaction from a parent right but so there's something wrong with both of them even in spite of having that device like even if you take the device away well i don't know about the girl but the mom well so like well so the mom again just you gotta you gotta micro the decision making you can't look at the broad picture so you're you're a mom and you just realized that your kid is has been impregnated by what you perceive as this drug dealer asshole, you know, this like terrible, terrible human being. You know that your daughter does not want to have a kid. You you know that, and you also surmise that if your kid found out she was pregnant, she would probably have an abortion. You know what I mean? You can imagine a, a parent kind of walking themselves through that. I mean, particularly if they had, like, other conversations or something. Well, but this could have been a, a after-school special with no technology where the mom finds out yeah. that the she finds a condom, and she sees that it's broken, she sees the cocaine, and she still has drugs the child without her knowledge. And it could have had nothing to do with the technology. Right. Which I think is not usually... So the, the Black Mirror stuff usually does have a direct correlation to the technology. Which it does, you know, like... The, you know, how would a parent find out definitively that their child was pregnant before the kid knew they were pregnant? You know what I mean? Unless they, anyway, the point is, yeah. is like the micro decision now. Yeah. Um, 
to me, yeah. that decision felt con- consistent with the character and with, I think, a, at least an impulse from a lot of parents. Yeah. You know? um, to you, it felt like it wasn't. I don't know. Anyway. Well, I mean, I'm also... I'm picking on it trying to defend my stance that there was something about it that I didn't like. And like I said, I think... I, I boiled it down to the thing that I most didn't like was the the rationale behind the blurring. You feel that that one is m- more of a minor issue. To me, it feels more major. But in the end, I see your point, and I see how. And I actually did enjoy a lot of the episode, so I might bump it up and, to a seven. And I and I de- <laughs> I defend this episode because it's not flashy like like yeah. the USS uh, Callister. That's true. You know it. This episode had everything going wrong for it. You yeah. know, it's not going to appeal to nerds. It's about parenting. <laughs> right. It has two women in it. You know, a, a you know, a yeah, it's, mother daughter. SJW is ruining Black Mirror. Right. It it's like um, there's no like murder or anything. You know, right. and and it's like it it had everything going against it. And I thought they you know I loved that. Brooker actually said, "You know what? We're gonna we're gonna tell a small story here, yeah, a a, a realistic sort of normal story about a, a very normal anxiety and mm-hmm. and teenage development issue. You know, um, things I didn't like about the episode were I didn't like how nonchalant the mom was about." putting the tech in the kid's brain yeah yeah that was pretty went from zero to hero yeah it was like she's just sort of walking back and then this tech just goes bump you know and it's like i would have liked there a little bit more in there of the of the like i like what i would have inserted in terms of the writing was and this would have perhaps broken the pace but the they they introduce her to it and she's like uh nah nah i I think i'll pass and then some other event happens you know or like you said with the one about the uh, the the robot one the the recreation of of uh, Donald Gleason order is that you could have done it so that she first goes and gets the the GPS plus vitals oh, okay and then they they upsell her later because you know she's like oh but I could get the the right you know G- that kind of thing. just GPS like yeah. just GPS yeah. and 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 then something else happens and she's like yeah. well I got to see what she could yeah, yeah maybe yeah but it it felt like. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Like, not a lot of parents would be like, "Yeah, random person inject that, my child <laughs> in the brain." You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, also, another th- another problem I had with it pretty quickly was, why would there only be one way to monitor that device? You know, yeah. they had there was one iPad. Yeah. Like, what 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 happens if that iPad breaks right. or <laughs> or you lose that? I mean, mo- you know, most things today can be accessed with any computer device, including your phone. That's you know right. what I mean? So it's like, why would your, you know, anyway. But you needed that for the plot to make sense because if she could access it from any device, then blah, blah, blah. But anyway. Um, well, I thought, what, by the way, what I thought they were going to do is they were going to show the daughter, like, ripping out. Like I, it would, I guess it wouldn't have made sense because they, they didn't show us what the thing was. But I was kind of feeling like the daughter was going to try to kill herself or try to remove whatever was in her and die yeah because otherwise i i was like yeah how is she not going to track her but they basically solved it by the way that you're complaining about (laughs) um i also didn't like in this episode as well as many other black mirror episodes in which there's a perfect optic feed that you can get (laughs) from a brain interface like that is um not a right like GPS, absolutely. Even cortisol levels, sure. Um, 
iron blood levels from an implant, sure. But the ability to perfectly recreate as if it was a video camera mounted on the kid's head. Well, I think what they're going for is they are... Well, A, it could just be sloppy, and that's probably what it is. But if if I were going to explain it in retrospect, I would say, well, no, no, no. They're not just getting the optical feed. They're actually, first of all, getting the post-processed knowledge of the scene and then running it through a translation layer right. that re-renders it out photorealistically. Right. Well, to which, be what, what our inner brain sees. Which it would have to be. I mean, yeah. you can't just... You know, our brain isn't organized like right. a like a pixelated right. picture. It, you that would have to be there, but it's still exactly what the person is seeing. Right. And you've seen, I, and none of us. And the peripheral is exactly, which doesn't make any sense. Like right. when when our, when we're looking at something, our peripheral is very blurry. Right. Like we're we're barely processing peripheral. You know, and right. and our eyes are sort of darting all around, like taking it and building a picture, and so. What I understand about, you know, visual perception doesn't really match up with this, this sort of like jump to basically a video feed. Now, of course, to make these episodes, it would be very cumbersome to have to like account for all that or yeah. have video feeds that were very jumbled and blah, blah, blah. So, now, the, the state of the art that I've seen last year is uh, you, you might have seen this, too, where um, so they they read. They have people looking at things, like looking at numbers, looking at letters, looking at shapes, looking at images. And as they're doing that, they are reading with electrodes the brain activity. Yep. They're dumping all of that into a, a machine learning model paired with what they were actually seeing. And later, they, have, they, they show the person something, they detect what the, what the brain activity is, and the machine learning model then recreates what the person is probably seeing. Right. It's certainly not a perfect picture. It's... But you can tell what it is, which right. is amazing. Yeah. So I guess maybe they're but, – but that's different also because it's got like electrodes and all these things. I don't know their little device, what it's actually doing. Right. That's, that's it's another thing. It's like they always insert these devices on their temple. Yeah. And if you understand the, the, you know, the layout of the brain, that wouldn't make any sense. You but yeah, would, it was you, in the temple. You'd want to put it in the yeah. back of your head actually. If, it, it's, a, if it's primarily a visual um, – monitor which it primarily was you know what i mean like the vitals could be taken anywhere in the brain yeah. presumably and the gps could be anywhere right in fact if they had put it up the front the easiest thing would be to like block her ability to make some choices <laughs> right but she would not take the cocaine <laughs> right so so they always put it in the temple because i think people kind of associate your temple with your you. eyes you or know I, I, mean? I always okay maybe yeah and you i think people think like this is me you know yeah and it is it's your executive but if you're thinking in terms of visual, yeah. it's mainly in the back, but it's also through the middle. Like right. you, you have some processing that happens on the way to the back. But anyway, um, so, but you know, those are pretty, now I, I'm guessing that most people are going to see this episode as like the worst episode of the season. That That's my prediction. When, when people rank this season, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are going, eh, you know, because when you think about the full uh, season, which you haven't seen yet. I will say the third episode uh, which we'll talk about at some other Which time. Which one's that again? Uh, that is, um, what is it called? Well, what What is it about? Okay, hold on. Uh, is it Crocodile? No, that's the one that... No, no, no. Uh, metalhead? No, Metalhead is... Hang the, the DJ? Is Hang the DJ number three? Uh, well, I don't know, but there's the rom-com. 
And then there's must be crocodile where the woman spirals downward. Yeah, crocodile. Yes. Okay. So crocodile, I loved. Yeah. But my favorite so far, and I've only seen four, is hanging the DJ. Okay. Yeah. Me too. So yeah. Uh, yeah so let's rank them. Yeah. Let's uh, well, let's take a break first when yeah. we get back. Let's do that. But I haven't seen all of them. So. All right. Back from the break. All right. Let's uh, conclude with ranking of episodes for season four you you love hang the dj that's your favorite that's so far of the four i've seen that's my numero uno what about the star trek episode numero dos what about uh crocodile numero tres and archangel numero four (laughs) i I have a similar uh ranking i i didn't rank them that way but my favorite were hang the dj and the uss so great so both of us love those yeah (laughs) i mean i would i might actually i'm going to do that now i'm going to bump up archangel into my favorite category so i'm going to put Hang the DJ, USS Callister, and Archangel okay. are my th- are three just really great right. episodes. And the Hang the DJ, which we'll get into in another yeah, episode, yeah. is so good. That's I mean, <laughs> I- I've watched it twice now. By the way, in my head, even though I, I know and I never thought it wasn't, for some reason, the actor reminded me of Stephen Merchant. You know, yeah. Stephen Merchant? Yeah. And for some reason, when I picture the episode, as I'm watching it, after I'm watching it, and right now... I picture Stephen Merchant. Man, I love that guy. He is so funny. Yeah. God, that kid's so funny. But you know, that kid uh, is one of the kids in Peaky Blinders. Have you seen that TV show? I watched uh, a couple episodes, yeah. So you know the younger brother? He's sort of a tough guy. Yeah. That, that's him. Oh, interesting. But he looks completely different in yeah. Hang the DJ. Yeah. He does. I didn't write... Man, I can't I wait to talk about Hang the DJ. So yeah. good. So good, yeah. Uh, hang the DJ, hang the DJ, yeah. hang the DJ. Hang the DJ. And I love that song. DJ. Yeah. Um, and then Crocodile I would put in my second rank, which I would say is also good. Um, yeah. But I felt like it was a little one-dimensional. It was that. absolutely a one, like, a, a vector, one, one a trick, straight shot. <laughs> one trick pony. There but, were no twists. But my no God, times. at the end. Bleak. I mean. Bleak. Oh, my God. And I felt... I felt yeah. both the stress. I mean, obviously, I can't relate to getting so horrible, but I felt that stress of yeah. she knows. Well, don't spoil because we, yeah, we didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, okay, okay. Um, and then my the last two are no, and then an okay is Metalhead, which you're about to watch. Okay, um, I consider that one to be you know it's okay. It's it doesn't really feel like a Black Mirror episode actually because okay. it I mean it it has some Black Mirror ep- like elements to it, but. It even is more one-dimensional than Crocodile. Okay. Um, interesting, though, and bleak, <laughs> very bleak. But the worst one is, to, by far, is episode six. Really? The last one? Yeah, Black Uh-oh. Museum. Um, I can imagine a lot of people loving this episode, but really? I was, like, bored, and I didn't care about it. And we'll, we'll get into it when we review that episode. Is it but. like, remember we didn't like the bees one? Yeah, no, it this... The last episode of season four, Black Museum, is bad in a whole new way. Yeah. Well, I'll do, you know, I'll do my homework. I'll watch the last two episodes, and the next one we can do all four. Okay. All right. But let's rank um, our favorite and least favorite of the entire The entire series so far? Um, I got to say, man, the, I, I still think I'll put the Christmas one as my number one. Yeah. I recently rewatched that one, too. It's so great. Yeah. But I'll say that the Hang the DJ. Like it seriously comes close because yeah. I don't know. There's so many things right with that episode. Yeah. So I I'll probably go Christmas hang the DJ. Me too. Oh my god. Right. Right. We're simpatico. Yeah. After that, 
I am at risk of forgetting some really amazing ones, but I think uh, there's a couple season one things that I might bump up. Uh, let me think. Okay, so the one with the robot is really great. The entire history of you is pretty good, but I, th- I think we had some issues. That's the one where he is a lawyer and he... Right. Uh, yeah. The video game one in season three was pretty good. But the, what, what was my favorite in season three? Well, okay, so I'll list them off. You have the yeah. pig one. You have the 15 million merits one. You know, it's good. It's yeah. good, yeah. You have the entire... Pig one is a non-contender, so bye. Right. The entire history... Well, so that's one of your least favorites, Yes, right? numero last. Yeah. You have the entire history of you, which is... Yeah, that's in my the, top... The jealous guy. Oh, wait. The jealous guy, right? No, that, that one I had some issues with, but it, it's not bad. Be right back. That's, yeah. one, that's in my top yeah. uh, five, maybe. You have white bear. Which is the one where she's getting chased in yeah. the game show. Yeah. You have the Waldo moment. Yeah. Yeah. You have White Christmas. Love. You have Nosedive. Oh, yeah. That's a great one. That's also top five for me. You have Playtest. I like that one. Top 10. Uh, Shut Up and Dance, which is the pedophile one. Oh, Bleak. Yeah, top 10. Uh, San Junipero. Oh, I love that one. Top yeah. top seven now. Uh, Men Against Fire, which is the soldier one where they oh, see right. the enemy as a... As a zombie, yeah, I like the premise. I like that one. Just bored me a bit. Yeah, didn't, yeah. it's kind of again one yeah. trick pony. Um, Hated in the nation, which is the B one. Oh, I, that's so. I think that one's my second to last. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so for me, it's uh, Hated in the nation, uh, the pig one, and then Black Museum. And black. Oh wow. Okay. So those okay. three. Are in my last my it is in which order is no Black, is, um they're just the pig one is my I hated that one yeah. <laughs> the b the b one was okay okay uh, Black Museum I would put second second to last, okay yeah. so we're very close on this yeah. because so, so my favorites are White Christmas Hanging yeah. DJ Playtest Archangel which you wouldn't put in your uh, top. I would right I wouldn't put in my top five but you're right um, I can see why you did that and I I you know when I looked at all the episodes. Um, Crocodile, I, I kind of liked it, even though it's like pretty, pretty bleak. <laughs> um, I kind of liked it. Be Right Back, I, I really love. Yeah, Nosedive. Man, if I, I guess if I had to choose. Wait a minute. I would go, top, if I, I go top five, I'd go White Christmas, Hang the DJ, um, Nosedive. Man, I don't know. It's hard to, you know, there's a second category where there's just a lot of great episodes. <laughs> San Junipero, Shut Up and Dance. Um, White Bear I thought was really great. Be Right Back is probably one of my favorites because it, it's just such a great story. You know? Yeah. 15 yeah. Merits I really like too because that was the episode that <laughs> yeah, made me good. realize that this 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 show could actually be worth watching. That's true because that's the very next one after you've seen something that makes you want to stop. Right. I, we've talked about this before how you told me about this show and I had heard about it but I hadn't seen anything and you're like, yeah, I watched Black Mirror. I watched the first episode. It's really bad. Yeah. And, that's, and it was recommended to me by a few people. Right. And I was like, I completely lost respect for right. those people recommending it. And that's me. all I had heard about Black Mirror. So I wrote it off. I'm like, okay, I'm not watching that. And about a year later, my friend Michael's like, dude, so you've seen all of Black Mirror, right? And I'm like, no, wait, I, I heard some really bad stuff about what? Like, yeah, I heard. He's like, oh, no, no, no. You you basically have to skip the first episode. Oh, he didn't like the first episode. <laughs> right, either. right. Oh, okay. And so he's like, no, the first one's completely different. And then he told me, like, just watch the other ones. They're amazing. And that's when yeah, I... Yeah, I wonder how many people just don't get into it because no, of the dude, first episode. But I've gotten into some 
altercation. Oh, yeah, because people love the first episode. They're like, oh, it's so brilliant. It's so great. Well, Drain and Corey, that's one of their favorite episodes. Oh, my gosh. Right? I think. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we had an altercation on that one. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, what's the final word on the first two episodes of Black Mirror? Worth, the, worth the, uh, watching? You know what? First of all, you massively convinced me that I was being too harsh on the second one. But the first Why do you one, think you were being harsh on it anyway? Like what? I think the uh there was something about it that presented this all or nothing decision. Like I guess I felt somewhat of a of a well, any monitoring of your children is terrible as opposed to what it was, which is you you pointed out it's like no, look, we're already headed in this direction. A lot of these things are already possible. And I, so, felt, you, you didn't have empathy for the mom. You, you I, I thought, had no you, empathy for the mom. You were like, oh, bad, bad. Bad, deci- bad. Bad decision. You you yes. deserve what you got. Yes. Interesting. And so I've now downgraded it to, I've upgraded it to a seven and downgraded my complaints to the blurring logic. <laughs> maybe they maybe they made a mistake then. They should have like made the beginning of the episode more understandable Yeah, to, to have taken that step. Yeah, you know that, I mean? But I think you solved it. When you said how they did it with the, uh, uh, I'll be right back. I think that even if it wasn't so drawn out, I think that would have helped me. Yeah. St- but anyways, uh, but I think the first one is an amazing episode. Anyone who didn't like it because of this or that, I'm sorry for you because it was great. Right. Very, very yeah. enjoyable. If I was <laughs> to recommend an episode that someone watch having never seen Black Mirror, that would be the first one. Yes. Because it's the most cinematic. It's the most fun. It's yeah. the most action-packed. It's the totally. most like understandable. It has all the Black Mirror elements to it. You know what Very I mean? Very geeky. You know, yeah. It's great. So, yeah, I'd, I would recommend that. I love one. that he's got the whole VHS collection. Yeah. And, and the DVDs. <laughs> and the DVDs. Yeah. 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 I wonder if they thought about actually doing Star Trek, you know, or if they thought... You know what I mean? Because they're basically doing yes, Star Trek. Yes, of course they were. And, and I, so I wonder if I wonder why they didn't. Yeah, that would be an interesting discussion. Was it simply a matter of rights and right. and stuff, or was it more like f- the freedom to tell the right story? But I can't imagine how it would have interfered. You know, it's it's a the right story you know what i mean it's it's exactly star trek well maybe they could take some more liberties like for example it didn't have to be really con it didn't have to be really the enterprise it i don't know yeah Yeah, but but i see i see it both ways it could have gone both ways i mean i think they masterfully made it star trek without making it star trek oh absolutely like i like there's times when you see a cola can and it just says it looks exactly like coke (laughs) yeah but it just says cola. Dude, when the episode started, I got that feeling of my youth. Like, oh, yeah. I got a little bit of, of, of a bubbly, like, yeah. I felt like I was back in a Star Trek episode. Yeah, know? they really yeah. nailed it, man. It was just so good. Like, the, the way they wrote that mini episode, the way Kirk is like, I wonder if they even just stole an episode of Old Trek and just recreated it. Because there are certain beats yeah. that Captain Kirk you know, does that you're, that would felt so familiar. Right. You know? And I love the, of course he always does the opposite of what the crew recommends. Right. Yeah. Like we got to do this. It's like, no, let him go. You know, (laughs) steady Sulu. Hold it. Steady. Sue captain. We got to go steady, steady fire. (laughs) All right. Well, that does it for that episode of psychology in Seattle. Thanks for joining us out there. Please take care of yourself because you deserve it. (laughs) 